Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. In a world where podcasts need feedback from their listeners uh-huh. in order to market themselves appropriately okay. to advertisers. I'm listening. One listener has the power <laughs> to shape the future. That listener is you. All right, Jake. Look, can, we, you, can you guys just please fill out this listener survey for us? It would really mean a lot. Uh, Accept your destiny. <laughs> take control. It's in the info. It's in the description of the podcast itself. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and it's confidential. We'll take no emails or telephone numbers we from you. We don't require an email. It, you know what? It's fine. We can just do it. <laughs> You have the power. You are the force that will guide us. So once again, just click the link in the uh, show description uh, of this week's episode. You can find it in the podcast app. It's very easy. Okay, we're done here. Thank you so much. And uh, here's this week's episode. Beautiful human beings. It is I, your bearded bruiser, Jake Young. And it is I, your explorational wizard, Holden McNeely. And uh, what if I told you <laughs> that spending $8 on an unfinished game uh, just bought you a ticket to a 10-year-long community uh, that spans the rise and fall of an entire empire, uh, giant personalities, giant dreams, all coalesced around the very idea that if you punch a tree, you get wood. Jake, I have to say, I uh, this was one of those ones where I was definitely the most one of the more curious episodes for me because it's a it's a the type of thing that's always existed in my periphery, but I never had a personal experience with. Really, I don't think I've ever actually played the game Minecraft. How is that possible? I know, right? It I, is available for literally it's on everything. everything. I think it's because I'm just not into building. This this point was driven home even more so when I actually got excited about a, a, a building kind of game with Mario Maker. And even that, I took it home. I was like, I'm going to build all these Mario levels. And then just like never fucked with it because uh, I just don't have it in me to like create like that. It's just not the thing I like to do in video games. It is like the one kind of corner of video games that I'm just not into. For some reason, I just, my creative mind does not exist in that way. My creative mind works with, it exists with words mm-hmm. and thoughts and ideas, but like, uh, you know, Star Trek Enterprises and <laughs> King's Landings, uh, my mind does not work very well in well, terms of that. Let's put it in, let's put it in terms uh, this way. The, the, 
the things that Minecraft did can be felt like what started in 2009 basically changed the entire landscape of gaming. Everything from like uh, the survival crafting games that like have littered the scene. Uh, hell, crafting. Crafting in general has become just one of the go-to basic yes. mechanics within games that is like almost inescapable. And that was popularized by Minecraft. The yes, idea absolutely. of openly building, just at, like placing structures... Uh, was just as essential to Minecraft as the jump was to Mario. Cooperative sandbox, like just do what you want with this space. We're not going to tell you what to do with this space. I feel like was largely popularized even by Minecraft. And Uh, it's the kind of thing too, for me personally, where even though I never played it, I always knew about it. I always, uh, I was always interested, almost like in a in a way like how I'm interested in Eve Online. Like I have no interest in playing it, but I love to read stories about it. And there's so many emergent stories that happen when it comes to Minecraft, just which we'll get into obviously in this episode. But just really amazing things are done with this with this freeform sandbox experiment that hey, was created. Hey, shut up, old man. <laughs> Both you old men, shut up! I'm Who's sorry, that? my my shitty nephew Gordimer uh, is here. Gord, what's his name? Gordimer. 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 Why yeah. is? Oh my god, he has I, a very puffy neck. He's not very athletic. He's. Just, I just. I gave him my uh, tablet. I thought that would keep him satisfied. You're both old and you're dying. All right. Well, we could all die tomorrow. Lord knows the black mold in the studio alone will, will uh, murder us. I'm sorry, Gordimer. It's just. I, I swear to God. I, hold, I'm sorry. Do you know? Do you know something about Minecraft? I know everything. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with the with the basics. Well, how would you describe Minecraft to us, Glordimer? Minecraft is a game where you fight monsters and you you make song parodies. You're bad at doing podcasts, Glordimer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I know. Podcasting is my game, and Holden Podcast McNeely is actually my name. I changed it. Glordimer, uh, you week. stay in the corner and let the old men try and describe the thing that <laughs> you know and, everything about. Try and tell you about <laughs> this fucking thing. That's why I'm just excited to get into um, Notch's dark history. But either way. <laughs> That's why I love that there's a darkness to this tale that is just so fucked well, and crazy. I mean, even looking at the game, like, you know, the, you say it's like this open thing that like you're free to do everything. That's like there's creative mode where it's just like kind of social building. Yeah. But then there's survival mode yes, where there's zombies and ghasts and withers and all these like kind of uh, uh, almost eldritch kind of like horror and mystery around it. Was and you're just- there? survival that was that wasn't super predominant as as like it is now before minecraft it was slowly that's the thing this is the glory this kind of rode the wave of survival games becoming super popular yeah i mean it definitely like streamlined and popularized it uh but like even the thing that like you early access games like you pay for a game knowing it's not complete and get to like engage and enjoy it as it's continually updated once again, Fortnite. Yes. Uh, you know the thrill of like almost near weekly updates coming in and like making you revisit the world and yes. kind of experiment with it. And that was going to be my next question: Has everybody just moved on to Fortnite at it, this point? I mean, is 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 Minecraft the game that it was uh, dur- during the you know the the tw- early 2010s? Uh, well, here's the we'll get into the, okay. the kind of peak of it. Okay, but. 
uh, in a way, it kind of Minecraft has almost reached like that Tetris level, right? Where it is just one of the default games if, that one can play. If there is a kid and a tablet, mm-hmm. there will be Minecraft, right? Hell, I, mean, I have it on my phone right now. It is consistently in the top paid apps across every mobile yes, app store, right? And so I think that that is kind of the that is when I really was like, whoa, about Minecraft was like you couldn't look every direction you looked. There was a kid with a tablet, and therefore there was Minecraft. Oh, like, I've you know you're on the subway. You you've seen the screaming children that yes. just like are immediately placated once they're given the phone or the iPad Mini, and they can just like zonk out in Minecraft world. Yeah. But to be fair, I felt I was equally zonked, but it was like a shitty tiger handheld LCD game. Like you know, uh-huh. just kids are inherently shitty, yes. and they require stronger and stronger digital drugs to fucking shut them up. So for you, what was... I'm telling Aunt Becky you said that. I'm going to make you try weed in just a second, uh, Glortimer. I ain't never having sex. <laughs> you say that now. Uh, how about for you? How did you discover Minecraft, and what was your personal experience playing Minecraft? I, I don't want to talk about it. Definitely wasn't because Penny Arcade, the <laughs> okay. gamer comic strip, did a three-part series about right? it. Okay, cool. So that's... I mean, that was always the big thing. And I mean, of course, we'll t- we'll talk about it on the, the rise of Minecraft when we get there because, of course, we're going to start talking about the history of all this. But you really did. That was it. Because, yeah, Penny Arcade. I, I, here's the thing. I never went in. the doors deep. off of that game. It blew the doors off. Just something. It Okay, there was, like, phases. There was the uh, initial, like, weirdo programmer guys over at, like, whatever the forum was, like, Git Source or something like that. Yeah. Then there was, like, the, like, PC gamer kind of wave and that was like a couple million like people found it through that way sure but what really blew it up was kind of in around 2012 uh youtube exploded it yes because just for a very simple thing then we'll get into like we won't there's a lot of drama we could probably do a separate episode about the youtube minecrafter like world yeah because that is almost its own separate media entity but that uh kind of exploded the visibility of Minecraft and kind of made it ubiquitous and the pocket release, you know, the, the mobile release and its transition to C plus plus over the Java client Ah, also really helped it. Gotcha. Weirdly enough, it all starts with a chubby man and his dumb hat. (laughs) We're talking about none other than Marcus Alexej person person. I had to look it up. It's Marcus person. Marcus person, otherwise known as Notch. A Swedish video game programmer and designer, he spent most of his childhood in Stockholm, and he began programming on his father's Commodore 128 home computer at just seven years old. He experimented with uh, a thing we've talked about before, but uh, they were called referred to as type-in programs. Mm-hmm. You could literally get code that was written down in different like gaming magazines and things like that. This is something unique to the European retro gaming scene mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. it wasn't really consoles like the Nintendo, like in America. Or the Famicom in Japan, or the uh, the Mario Box in Paraguay. Yeah, uh, it was you know you got a home eight bit computer that you had to like basically type in the programs in Basic, or you had to like 
strip them off of an audio tape. Like it was right. just the sheer act of gaming was not as simple as cram and it's start. It's such a hilarious old man. I had to walk five miles in the snow to school, uh, you know, situation. It is so cumbersome and laborious. And like, therefore, you had to really be into games to, to get into that. I never fucked with anything like that. That was definitely before my time uh but yes um it would uh be entered uh on the on the keyboard and saved to a cassette or disc he created his first game which was a text-based adventure at the age of eight and uh so there you go i mean that's that's what we're talking about right there at 12 years old though things begin to get a little dark for uh for notch um, I have it here that person's parents divorced and his father became a depressed drug addict. His sister, Anna, runs away from home and is also struggling with drugs. What's this about the religious cult? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> youth blew, blew me away with that one. I, it's uh, it's just the fact that uh, he lived in, like within Stockholm. He lived in a uh, religious commune with his mom. You know, it's really funny. You go on the like Minecraft wiki, you go on Wikipedia, you go on major news site or major uh, source sites like that, and they just paint this very cute mm-hmm. picture of a young prodigy who was just super into computer gaming, um, who just busted his ass from a very young age to make games, and he just loved them. You have to dig a little deeper to get to this really dark core underlying the whole Minecraft legacy, person's dark past and person's dark present and future so uh there was divorce uh his father dealt with alcoholism as well as amphetamine addiction his sister uh also was addicted to amphetamines and ran away from home um his mother worked as a nurse uh he was i don't want to like make sweeping generalizations but just it's pretty apparent that he lies somewhere within the Asperger's spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so all this leads to is a very solitary, shy kid that spends a lot of time just engaged in the world of computers. Yes. Um, Just kind of, you know, refining and just like and tinkering, specifically tinkering with computers, which that level of granular control and experimentation and kind of like, you know, not like. It's not like he had bold ideas as like of, uh, you know, a Peter Molyneux or like a Shigeru Miyamoto. It's it's genuinely based in just kind of like just interfacing with these machines. But it's still a very rough childhood. It's still yes. a very lonely childhood. Sounds and really rough, man. dropped out of high school mm-hmm. and was uh, unemployed for a year living with his mother. Uh, I saw reports of like depression. The uh, thing that got him out of it is that his mom pushed him to take a correspondence course in programming to kind of just like get him like certified for uh, skills that he can use to apply to jobs because just kind of like kind of tinkering wasn't technically a uh, a something you could put on your resume. Yeah. And from there, he ends up getting a lot of different programming jobs. Uh, he uh, works for a MMO called Worm Online. Yes. Uh, which has several crafting kind of mechanics and it's based in the Java engine. Yes, he he got his first he got his first job actually uh king.com if you know that uh, mobile gaming I mean I'm sure everybody This was years with king. before they struck it big. Yeah, this at was, this point they were basically flash games. Yeah, and it was at 18 years old he started with them and then he goes on to program for Jalbum, which is a shareware cross-platform software for managing and creating digital uh photo galleries he ends up rather. sniping a lot like swiping a lot of his friends from Jalbum. Uh yes, to- yes. 
and just this is essentially the kind of uh, uh, software that's like Apple's iPhoto. You know, yeah. it's just a way to to uh, share photos and and organize them and all that kind of stuff. Then he founds Worm Online, the 3D MMORPG released as a beta in 2003 that was developed by Person and his friend Rolf Jansen. It was developed in Java, just like Minecraft started out, and everything in the game, uh, but the natural environment is cr created by the players. So this is we're already planting the seed of this idea that they kind of j give you, they sort of start you out with kind of nothing in a in a, in a way, but like just sort of an open to, uh, sandbox situation. But this was more set in like a JRPG kind of uh, world. All items are made from materials from the world, wood cut from trees, rocks and metal mined from tunnels and so forth. And it allows players to terraform the land, raising, flattening, and lowering tiles using shovels. Players can also mine underground, making vast caverns and climb mountains, build keeps and cities, and form new kingdoms. Um, there's play, uh, PvP in it, um, but there is uh, a penalty for same kingdom killing. And gods vie for the attention of players and grant missions, spells, items to players. It, it, it's very like Skyrim-y. Skills are leveled up by usage. And it's very traditional RPG. Like, if you look up images for it, it, de it definitely looks like a super, uh, super duper... RPG fantasy world kind of thing, but they sort of instead of like Skyrim where they get they they build this whole world for you and all these different side stories and things for you to explore. In this one, they're kind of like we're giving you this very open, basic set of tools and and different directions you can go, and it's up to you to build your own fantasy world using this. Another thing that he does kind of on the side is he loves experimenting with uh, game challenges and game yes. jams where he creates, uh, usually the parameters are you're given a specific uh, programming language or programming environment and a file size limit. So usually something like as small as four kilobytes. And he uh, is like really, he just loves the idea of streamlining because Java really isn't a efficient uh, programming language to make a big game in. Yeah. Um, uh, for lack of, for this is, you know, very rudimentary uh, programming explanation, but uh, you write code in Java, and then when you run Java on your computer or your machine, your machine is basically running a virtual Java machine that is then running the code. So no matter what system you're running it on, every, like the one Java program can run on all of it. So he makes like Mega Man in Java. He makes like a top-down version of Left 4 Dead. He makes like little 3D engines. Uh, he makes little first-person shooters. He makes like a little Lemmings game. Uh, all the while, it is based on like refining. It is about refining and streamlining what this like very widely available but very limited uh, programming language can do. So mm -hmm. that is another like kind of pillar in what lets Notch be the guy who ends up making Minecraft. Yes. Um, totally the stepping stone for sure. But there's also some other big influences that lead him to creating Minecraft. One of them being, which we could all probably do a whole episode on on, on its own, Dwarf Fortress. Which oh, is, we are never doing an episode on Dwarf Fortress. Uh, oh, is that? Every time I try to even <laughs> remotely like dip my pinky toe into Dwarf Fortress, <laughs> I get like like uh, you know, it's the Venom Why symbiote just like try? consumes my body. Why would you even attempt? Because there are people that like will tell you, <laughs> you know, stories about like their Dwarf Fortress games that sound like more epic and dramatic than like an entire Game of Thrones novel. But it's just a bunch of crazy stuff. What you know? What I love watching. 
Um, I think I watched this on like a giant bomb video, but someone teaching someone else how to play Dwarf Fortress is an incredibly entertaining uh, YouTube video. So just try to watch any of those where someone's little, it's two people, one person knows nothing and another person knows everything. And then them one teaching the other because it is just such an absurd other just other level of gaming that I will never ever again like Eve Online <laughs> in that sense. I don't think my Minecraft's like compared in this sense, but Dwarf Fortress is impenetrable. It is a part construction and management simulation, part roguelike indie video game. The primary game mode is set in a procedurally generated fantasy world in which the player indirectly controls a group of dwarves and attempts to construct a successful and wealthy underground fortress. Gameplay is described as emergent and highly difficult with text-based graphics so we're looking at brackets and symbols and they all mean they all stand for different things walls or dwarves or monsters or whatever but by the way when i say uh, uh procedurally generated fantasy world i mean entire histories mm-hmm. of the land uh entire histories for every single like race and every single that the, they proceed it, it is a game Each that it, little blip has its own unique set of stats and are operating independently and interacting with one it's another it's absurd how deep this game goes and when it's running at full speed, it basically looks like the Matrix code because it's all done in ASCII characters. It's definitely a game that I like, love kind of reading about and, and learning about just like Eve because the two, it was like made by mainly this one guy, but also his brother. Um, and they did it, I think, just out of, out of the pure just wanting to do it. And uh, it is just bizarre how how intense and if deep you, and they keep adding yeah. to it and they keep changing it, it is it is very funny to read like the patch notes on dwarf fortress releases because <laughs> it'll be stuff like optimized engine to run on like uh risk uh processors uh put stamped out bug that made all sheep cannibals <laughs> like, you know, it's, like it's insane uh another awesome. influence that uh Notch talks to talks about a lot is uh, Dungeon Keeper, yes, which is a Peter Molyneux game. Uh, if you've ever seen it, it's uh, basically kind of a reverse uh, roguelike where you're actually the head bad guy and you have to build a dungeon that can stop the automated hero. Kind of, it's kind of like if you ever played that card game Boss Monster, very very similar, very similar to that. Actually, uh, it's a pre, it's a predecessor to like tower defense games, and it had a very uh, robust kind of mining element where you had to send your minions out to carve through the earth to get precious materials that that you could then use to build traps and keep your dungeon operating. Uh, and it had like this very janky first person mode which had very like low res low poly graphics and uh i the most chief influencer uh which you can tell because literally when notch first posted the alpha to the programming board that he was a member of he literally said this is like an infiniminer game and that game was infiniminer <laughs> infiniminer an open source multiplayer block based sandbox building and digging game i should be reading copy for advertisements look how well i did that i didn't you, stumble at all on any of those words if you look at footage of infiniminer the minecraft influence is immense the Obvious. blocky graphic style the low res textures it looks like minecraft uh the core gameplay is vastly different because it was about uh kind of a team fortress 2 kind of set up with a blue team and a red team and you would go online and you would like take on specific jobs and the goal was 
which team could mine um, faster. Excavate which, the yeah. precious metals and bring them to the service for points, but... You could also run interference on the other team. But the players more so started enjoying just the building of in-world objects. So even the Minecraftiness was being forced on Infinite Miner, developed, by the way, by one guy named Zach Barth, who is the lead designer of Zachtronics Z- LLC. They've I love- done a lot of... Uh, games that are not like people are like oh uh, notch stole infinite minor that's like a classic like dig but zach barth has ended up doing fine he ended up uh, making games like opus magnum which is this insane like molecule based pub- puzzle game and these are free browser games on his website by the way i don't know if his website's still up and if this is all still there but space chem was a huge hit on mobile uh infinifactory is another great game and honestly he would have continued developing this game and maybe even been the minecraft but the problem was that hackers started messing with it and the it just became too too much trouble to deal with so he he just he just let it go um and yeah i mean just gameplay the first person aspect of the game yeah the style all it's so obviously influenced but it did lack a very important aspect of minecraft which really did kind of tie the whole room together you know what i mean it was the lebowski rug of minecraft and that is the rpg elements well yeah um a little bit i think i think it's the extra layer that the game needed you know what i mean so in 2009 notch posts the uh, cave game or whatever it is, the initial alpha of the game. And basically all you can do is run around an empty field and like uh, dig a little and place blocks. And even with that initial test, uh, the initial reactions on the forum are like, whoa, this feels good. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, the animations are really satisfying. Or like, oh, I just like placing blocks. Like, for, like immediately something has clicked and he has captured something. Even if it's just as simple as a like low impact java client that can like run this fun lego game he's already like honed in on something very like clutch and visceral that people are enjoying yeah and so so this is when minecraft begins to be developed he he's creating uh, essentially what was it in um well, it's first released to the public in May of 2009 as a developmental re- release on uh, TIG Source Forums. That's the forum, yeah. Yes, and that is known as the classic version. And uh, they started releasing a few more updates until they got to the first major one, the alpha version, in t- in June of 2010. And sales were good enough, so uh, so good for the alpha version that he was able to actually quit his job at Jalbum. He was still working at Jalbum mm-hmm. while doing all of this. And he then continues to update the, update the game with releases, distributed to users automatically. These are like free, just constant updates, new items, new blocks, new mobs, survival mode, the changes to the game's behavior. Um, actually, the creeper uh, came around this time. It was a programming error. He was trying to create a pig, but accidentally switched the figure's for the desired height and length um, when inputting the code, and right. it created the the creeper. Even stuff like the textures and a lot of the assets were just kind of left over from games that he had already been just kind of tinkering with. Famously, the zombie, um, like original zombie model, and by extension, the uh, main character, uh, whose name officially is Steve question mark because Notch <laughs> never gave him a name and in a tweet was like I don't know sometimes I just refer to him as Steve with a question mark <laughs> those were from like a zombie game that he was making mm. uh, another like low file size test that he was trying to do and uh, the trickle of, of people that were enjoying the game and were down because again um, we lived in a shareware world still at this point the right. idea of actually charging 
for an unfinished game was kind of uh, revolutionary. Uh. And this is one of Notch's, like, again, like little decisions that he, that kind of carried him to uh, fame and fortune was like, no, I think, uh, you know, if I'm working hard on this thing, people will be willing to pay for it. And he was right. Well, and it is fun. And you do gain a, a certain kind of an allegiance for a game like in that sense where it just slowly builds your attachment to it as more things are being added to it. And you can always tell, you know, I was there from the very beginning. Like, I I love hearing people talk about their times with Vanilla WoW, mm-hmm. you know, and how and lamenting it. Like, I gave WoW like kind of a shot. I don't think I'm going to follow through. I, I, I tried it for a little while. Um, but hearing people talk about just how absurdly annoying so many game elements were back then and how much harder you had to work, how, you know, you had to travel the five miles in the snow to get to school every day and wow, cause you didn't have flying mounts and all this other stuff and, uh, you know, uh, uh, waypoint indicators and things like that. So, um, yeah, this is kind of where we're at. And I think people really can get in on that in that sense and really get excited about a game as you watch it grow and develop like it's your baby. So um, this game right now, Jake, this game is not is, – has this game caught the attention of Penny Arcade yet? Or are we still on a level where it's starting to catch fire, it's obviously? It's starting to catch fire. It is a, like, kind of uh, – it is a fringe but popular – like a good – it's a good indie game. It yeah. is a popular indie game. Good enough to catch the uh, attention of Valve Corporation. And uh, he actually got a paid trip. Notch did. Uh, he got a paid trip and an employment offer from Valve in early September 2010. But Person ended up uh, deciding he wanted to uh, found Mojang instead, uh, alongside Jacob Porser with uh, Carl Mana, later brought in as CEO. Uh, he wanted, and, and this is going to be a big part of Person's personality in the sense that he is always anti-corporation he wants to keep it small he wants to be anti like big wealth which is hilarious because that's exactly what happens to him he gets like giant crazy well not not really i mean he obviously leaned into that he doesn't live a modest life by any means and we'll talk about that uh but he definitely is very anti like the man he is a he, again he was a solitary guy who just did things the way he wanted to do them uh he came from a rough family uh background and like Honestly, he just wanted to he just wanted to stay in his comfort zone and uh the idea that he just got to stay tinkering that again he's just kind of fidgeting even uh the company Mojang yeah Mojang Oh my bad is it Mojang I think if you're pronouncing it in Swedish is you Mojang is fine cool. um Mojang is the Swedish word for gadget Ah, like literally, it's just this device that he is continually futzing yes. and tinkering with. And even to this day, he does game jams. Like he yeah. he loves that style of game development, just getting together with people, creating something fun and small and exciting, and going from there. This was he was his never was his intended effect to have this giant, explosively <laughs> popular game, and that happened for him so quickly. Uh, within a year, uh, Mojang grew to twelve employees, and he started working on a second game called Scrolls uh, and served as a publisher for a game called Cobalt. Uh, now, in 2011, Napster founder and former Facebook president Sean Parker offered to invest in Mojang, but was declined. Another example of of how you know a person always stays away from this kind of a thing. Um, and sadly, in 2011, just to give you even more context of the darkness surrounding person's life, while this beautiful, kid friendly, happy experiment is just flying off the rails with success. 
His father commits suicide in December of 2011 at probably some of the heights of uh, person's success happening at the exact same time. And and it's not really talked about a lot. And it definitely is, has an effect, I think, on him and his transition into becoming an incredibly wealthy, successful game developer. I think it has a, a very fucked up uh, effect on him as now, a person. Uh, by this point, uh, by like 2011... Uh, we've added new biomes. We've added so now there's snow areas and beach areas and forest areas and mountain areas. Uh, they've added the Nether, which is if you build like an obsidian portal and light it on fire, you can enter this hell dimension. Uh, they add is stuff. the dragon in yet? Uh, that's the end. I think that's yeah. in the beta. Like the 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 final the boss. Ender Dragon is the Ender Dragon, the final boss, quote unquote, of Minecraft. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's the end of 2011 is when uh, Minecraft officially releases uh, 1.0. This is true, yes. During uh, it's There's video of a very awkward notch in his very awkward hat. Actually, standing next to a very awkward fake-looking switch, waiting for like the official cue to like, uh, yes, hit, the, I remember the, that. hit like, the, the little Minecraft switch to yeah. officially launch it. Uh, yes, in uh, December of 2010, actually, person announced that li- uh, Minecraft was entering its beta testing phase um, with bug fixes and all updates leading to the and including the release would still be free and uh, he hired several new employees at that point and then the game was apparently moved out of beta and released as a full version in November 18 2010 is what I have here um, and as it's still being updated more and more and more and uh, yeah I mean and this is again all word of mouth and that's the thing you'll hear over and over and over again about Minecraft and, and you know if you ever look up any like interesting facts about Minecraft or whatever literally the first one is always it got popular by word of mouth only holy shit but if you think about that it uh it by march 2012 the company had accumulated revenues of over 80 million dollars and i am skipping ahead a little bit but this is kind of like a blair witch thing a little bit if you think about it's not just that it's a successful game it's a successful game with zero publisher which means like the profit margin for Mm -hmm. like the 12 people at mojang is so obscene it's like ridiculous they're just getting all of that money and it's not a super expensive project yeah, Marcus basically said that, uh, you know, when people were initially like being like, oh, like what happens if you can't follow this up with a hit? Uh, Marcus is like, well, we have enough money now that I'll just like pay everyone to hang out for 10 years. And if we can't think of something by then, then like that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, so here's the thing. People talk about how Minecraft had no marketing and it was all word of mouth, but they had one important advertiser. One important uh, proponent that pushed Minecraft to millions upon millions of children. And Chuck that, E. Cheese? YouTube. Oh. In 2012, YouTube made an incredibly important algorithm change where instead of pushing hmm. for views, uh, the homepage, the sidebar, all the recommendation engine completely shifted to minutes watched. Oh. And the number one source of videos that you can watch for a long time that a single creator can produce that has both uh, compelling visuals, compelling narrative, a social aspect, and like a low turnaround editing production time is gaming videos, let's plays. And all of a sudden you get uh, creators like the Yogg's cast, uh, Captain Sparkle, Sky Does Minecraft, uh, sea nanners, all the uh, eventually leading the way for like PewDiePie and uh, Jack Jacksepticeye. All these all these uh, channels are producing twenty to you know fifteen to thirty minute videos 
And Minecraft is like, basically, you follow a Minecraft story and you can see the world build and in-jokes build and you get to know the hosts. And like, you know, uh, Minecraft lends itself especially to improvisational storytelling because it's procedurally generated and the hosts are reacting in real time and like uh, trying new builds of stuff. And YouTube starts serving nothing but gaming videos. Like usually the top like six to 12 recommendations are gaming videos and Minecraft is the dominant genre. Uh, the art style, the simple cubic art style means that you can make animations, song parodies start destroying left and right. Uh, I'm thinking of stuff like, uh, uh, we're going to the nether. I'm going to screw the nether. Dip it. Ooh, Ugh. the nether. Ugh. Um, it's <laughs> it's a world uh, I don't know a lot about, Jake, but I'm glad you're here to explain but, it to me. <laughs> so this exposes it to millions of children. Yes. Millions of children are hooked. It basically takes... Uh, you well, also, who has the time to sit around and watch endless hours of video on YouTube, but the kids and 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 of on course their fancy new uh you know yeah you're stuck at home yeah you're 11 years old it's like 10 30 you have nothing to do like there's nothing on tv you fucking get on your dad's computer or you check out your brand new ipod touch mm-hmm. and you just like zonk out to minecraft videos it's also a starting an emergent thing where uh, for me personally i know now like that kind of a thing is what i want on a background screen while I'm playing my video game and Minecraft is also a perfect game to have something on a second screen playing while you're enjoying the video game so I would it would of course make a lot of sense that if you're playing video games and you have a second screen and you need to you want to be entertained by something you throw on a a let's play of Minecraft while you're enjoying my I mean it's just like such a no-brainer for kids I mean it makes so much sense what's up y'all Holden here these days, you can get practically everything on demand, like episodes of Wizard and the Bruiser or my Twitch stream, for example. You can listen or watch whenever you want when it's convenient for you. And now this includes postage, too. All you need is stamps.com. As you probably know, I largely work from home and have things like Patreon and streams where people can donate for things like paintings and whatnot. I need to mail stuff out a lot. With stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package, all available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. I've been using it for weeks now, and I absolutely love it. So convenient. Right now, use Wizard for this special offer, a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in wizard. That's stamps.com and then enter wizard. Another thing that we completely glossed over is how because of Notch's very uh, loosey-goosey kind of uh, open internet uh, sense uh, kind of he's, he's a nerd. He's like a 2000s nerd. The modding scene is incredibly Huge. vibrant. Mm-hmm. You know, people start inventing games within Minecraft. Uh, before even PUBG was a sparkle in Blue Hole's eye, before Player Unknown has even taken off his diapers, <laughs> kids were playing uh, like Hunger Games Minecraft yes, servers. Pokemon, Portal, all being sort of 
put into elements from all of those things being put into uh, the game via mods. Just anyway, anything between new blocks, new items, new mobs, you know, mechanisms you could craft different, just just all over the place. Oh, just an the introduction endless array of, of redstone mods. and repeaters and pistons and switchers. Uh, redstone is a very it's a it's a, you can create like little like remote wires. It's basically a wire. You hit it or you light it on fire and it can trigger something on mm. the other end. You lay out this path and you can like get it to work. So basically what they invented was a transistor and by arranging these redstone blocks in specific patterns you created logic gates. And yeah. logic gates are the building blocks of computers. Yeah. So now people are recreate are doing like simulations and building calculators and uh you know there are people that That shit is when I got really interested. I think the first Minecraft video that hand building RAM block yeah, that, by block that was probably the first one that made me I, I wish I had his name off the top of my head, but that was the first video where I was like, God damn, what? Yeah. I couldn't even, I still can't process the processor <laughs> that that person made. Like, I, I can see it and and see what he's doing to get, you know, essentially you can put in any function and, and receive an output because he built this giant interconnected, essentially like a, a motherboard, right? Mm. Uh, uh, or a CPU, rather, right? Um that it's and it's just mind blowing how much time was put into that and how complicated that was. But it's like something you wouldn't be able to see with your eye working in real time on a real CPU. Um, that because it's so small and it's covered and whatever, and it doesn't really show itself like that. But you can actually like see how that would work. Uh, or how that works. See the process right in front of you because he built it in Minecraft. I think the other one, I think I saw before that even, was just the uh, Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> I think it was one of the first videos I saw where I was like, holy shit, this is getting crazy. And this is getting really interesting. And also, this is... um. You know, I had this really funny conversation, and we'll talk about the educational stuff, but I had this really funny conversation with my fiance's sister mm -hmm. because she, her kids just like weren't getting off of Minecraft and they were just playing it all the time and she wanted them to do more constructive things. And I had to actually explain to her like, no, actually a lot of what they're doing in that game is educational in this bizarre way and you could actually find ways to tweak what they're doing in that game to make it more educational. You always hear about kids creating irrigation systems mm -hmm. and stuff, right? That's always kind of like I feel like I always hear that as the big example, but there's all these different ways and that's why of course they released the education mode and all that. We'll we'll talk about that in a second, but yes, people are really took it and started doing really cool shit with it and started putting it out on YouTube and in these different sources that that exploded the game. And all of a sudden, everybody knows what it is and is playing it. There's also uh, the multiplayer servers become its own cottage industry as, uh, you know, if you want to collaboratively build something, you need to pay someone to keep the computer on so that everyone can kind of like log in and contribute. Some are paid and, you know, offer like different game modes and enhanced features. Other are just Wild West. There's like all these legendary tales about the 2B2T server, which is this literal <laughs> Wild West where at its peak there were like hundreds of players and you would spawn in and there would be like a dozen people who sold like 
thing they did was just wait at the spawn point and kill people as soon as they came in. <laughs> like a barren wasteland of griefers and Nazi propaganda. Um, <laughs> Jesus. There were people that would build autism-only servers oh. so for parents that wanted their kids to, like, be social online and, like, have people, uh, mo- you know, moderate it. And, uh, and it was big. You were saying this before, but I guess we should explain here that this was a really big deal for the autism community, this game. I mean, without making, I'm not a professional, or, right. you know, neither of us are, but the idea. I mean, of, I'm kind of a professional, but go The on. idea of, uh, you know, building something in solitude, being uni-focused uni on a single task. Even the fact that you get to communicate with friends without any facial expressions. Everybody mm. just kind of has the same uh, blocky face, whether or not you actually uh, pay for a, a fancy skin or something. It gave a lot of shy people a lot, like uh, Notch. Uh, a, a forum in which like basically the only things you that uh, you can interact with are your words and actions and creations which is a, a really wonderful thing yeah. also uh, another interesting element is the quote-unquote like infinite uh, uh, reach of the, of a Minecraft world uh, but that was actually clarified by person uh, and he quotes let me clarify some things about the infinite maps they're not infinite but there's no hard limit either it'll just get buggier and buggier the further you are and uh, the coding meltdown that would ensue after about 7500 miles of in game distance was referred to as the far lands um, now this was actually later removed in an update so you have to get a certain version or earlier in order to get to experience this but there was a gamer named Kurt J. Mack who took on this journey uh, at, through YouTube and uh, was able to raise over $250,000 for Child's Play charity and you can actually go watch his quest to make it to the far lands and like see the shit go down I remember one time I saw computers being like pushed to the speaking of like getting computers pushed to their limits this one guy like set up this like massive dynamite uh, thing. Di- yeah remember I, that? I, yeah i would watch those all the time that was awesome just to watch a computer just like have to just like stop for two minutes <laughs> and like, figure out what the fuck happened can you explain that a little bit with that video like he just he attaches so much dynamite to this massive like uh structure right that it just makes the computer bug the fuck out when are he- you guys explaining voxels <laughs> yes glortimer Oh, it's rendered in chunks. It's 11 <laughs> by 11 by 200 something chunk of the world independently. Each square is is given a position in 3D space. If I showed you a picture of a boob right now, Glortimer, would, would you be happy or would you be scared? I, I'm a child in today's <laughs> day. I... I never stop looking at boobs. Oh, oh God, he's. I have eight right. on my smartwatch. Quit humping that wall. I will tell your mother. Her name is Wallina, and we are going to be married. <laughs> he's he's a, he gets great grades. He painted lipstick on that wall. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, there's just so many fascinating ins and outs that I think that's really what kept Minecraft continuously just going, just moving forward, uh, uh, in terms of popularity, because the moment you would think it would die down, someone came up with some new fascinating, cool thing to do with it that just would make everybody want to jump back in and, and, and try and play it some more. This is also like a kind of, it's such a, uh. It's like an underground, it's a hit that's like separate from mainstream gaming. It's almost like bigger than gaming itself that it becomes like in this era, like stuff like Doctor Who and like the first Marvel movies. It's it's like this, like you'd open up a loot crate. This is part of like the loot crate era of stuff. You'd get like Minecraft yeah. Creeper t-shirts everywhere and like uh, you'd walk into Hot Topic or like a, a, 
uh, GameStop and you could buy like a foam diamond sword and all this stuff. Like, yes, the I merchandising saw those swords everywhere. And then also the the creepers everywhere, like different versions of them to purchase or whatever. Yeah, it was such a thing. And it's such a funny thing. I And I really do feel like Minecraft may be the moment I've actually clicked in like, oh, I'm getting old, mm-hmm. you know, because it was this kid's on this kids thing that I was felt distanced from that I didn't have this connection to that like kids would know way more about than me and I was kind of looking at it being like I don't get it this well is that's crazy that's the thing there's so before something happened where like the PC gamers that were like into it before like were adults and the YouTube gamers that got into it and made it explode were kids it's this very weird thing um the uh, but like you know celebrities uh, famously uh, Jack Black and Dan Harmon are were huge Minecraft proponents. There was like a whole Minecraft scene in Rick and Morty one episode. Yeah. Um, the uh, the combination uh, it's very zen. Like when you're yes. just like digging in the mine or just because even even despite all of like the uh, quality of life increases that you know you can turn on a thing that lets you fly in 3d you can uh go into creative mode and just have infinite resources you still have to like build it you still have to place each block yourself right and it's that experiment experience of like i think if i had more direction in the creative mode where i i found some I, which i'm sure you could do i bet you could go find blueprints and like you know like legos mm-hmm. like i love like when i get i love the process it's very zen like to me to get a new big like lego set um, been eyeing that Harry Potter fucking Hogwarts yeah, by the way. Yeah. Uh, to get that in and open that instruction book and everything so n- just plainly laid out and just I put on some music and I just zone and just like love life but, yeah, but I need that direction and I think that that's why I could never get into the, it um, one, the biggest meme on the Minecraft subreddit is always like you show some like crazy build like I just made a 3D interpretation of the Good Burger restaurant from Good Burger uh, in survival mode and everyone goes like what <laughs> so uh, to get back to more of the sort of story behind Minecraft and Mojang uh, uh, back in December of 2011 Jens Jeb Bergenston takes over full creative control and Notch actually takes a step back um, he's another Swedish video game designer who programmed his first games at age 11 and he founded the indie dev uh, Oxi Game Studio with a couple of friends and created that platform game Cobalt that I mentioned before that Mojang was helping to publish. He was hired at Mojang's uh, backend as as Mojang's backend developer for Scrolls, but quickly was programming on Minecraft. And now, um, and he he became kind of the head guru of at least creating you know new stuff. He's, and he's like the long haired ginger yes, guy, right? Yes, yes, yes. He is all. He is totally. He uh, we've really been underplaying like the like rest of the role. Mojang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Notch is such a face of the company you know there's what I been mean? like other artists uh helped forge the forge the game other devs uh jeb or jen slash jeb whatever his like handle is uh is just as iconic and just as you know in all the behind the scenes footage of mojang he is there in every meeting along yep. with markets even uh his then girlfriend uh ellen zetterstrand who he later married but then quickly divorced uh they did have children together though she was like basically the first game tester of Minecraft. She was the one that would like play through the game and uh, Notch would notice when she was frustrated or she would give him notes on how to make the game more streamlined. Like it's, it's very like, bet- it's this, it's almost a trope that between every like great genius, there's like 
some girlfriend or George Lucas's wife who edited the first Star Wars yes. is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. There's always like some girlfriend or wife or woman behind them being like, uh, okay, but what if we made it like usable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if we made it so that people liked it? Yeah, she had a big, t- a lot to do. And they, um, yeah. Also, the soundtrack, uh, the music and sound effects were created by German musician Daniel Rosenfeld, a.k.a. C418. He grew up in East Germany, started off creating music with Ableton Live, which is a software music sequencer and digital audio workstation for Mac and Windows. He started a blog using that in 07, where he created a new song every week and ended up working as a freelancer for Mojang and uh, had to get creative as the game was in Java and not very powerful, like we mentioned before. So it was a very difficult task for him to create music that would work in its early Java form. And it has the Minecraft, it's, it's we kind of, yeah, I, I feel dumb that we didn't mention it until now, but the soundtrack yes. is very ambient yes. and very Talk common. about the Zen yeah. quality of the game, and it was all created by Which, this guy. Completely unlike anything else at the time. Right. Like, nothing really had that level of, like, bizarre, eerie calm. It was a very in thing, especially back then, um, to have a conversation rethinking how we approach games and how we play games. And I know that's still a big conversation now, but I feel like it became super in vogue, especially around 2010. That era, indie games just became massive with your Super Meat Boys and your Fezzes and all that kind of, and your Spelunkies. Mm-hmm. But also on the other side of that, I feel like everybody was sitting down and talking about like, what, how do we approach games? How do we play them? And how can we change the way we do that? And I think Minecraft definitely uh, was a huge factor in that because of this relaxing, enjoyable experience. You know, games like Flower also, I feel like, attempted to do that. But Minecraft was just so much more open and just allowed you to sink so many more hours into uh, its experience. When do we get to talk about Herobrine? Herobrine? Well, to sum up this man, C418, really quick, before we talk about Hero Brian. Oh my God, don't mention Hero Brian. Oh, Lord of Mer. There's a hole in that wall, and I know how it got there. It's right where your waist is. I'm crafting. All oh, right. Crafting That's a crafting. wall, baby. All oh, right. Jeez Louise. <laughs> My God, I knew that story was going to go somewhere <laughs> disgusting, but I didn't know it was going to go there. You're listening to Wizard and the Bruiser, your number one source of wall fucking jokes. <laughs> um, and uh, th- well, it's kind of amazing, much like Notch, this uh, C418 guy, he was actually able to quit his job at an assembly line so that he could be a full-time musician because of Minecraft. And he released several albums, including 72 Minutes of Fame, which actually ruminates on his breakthrough with Minecraft. So it's really amazing. I'm, gl- I'm glad that, that that worked out for him. I couldn't imagine working on an assembly line and being like a very creative musician. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It'd be difficult. Um, you'd be like Bjork in that scene in Dancer in the Dark. Anyways... Back to, what was it called, Herobrine? Herobrine is the most popular urban legend about the game. Okay. Uh, especially in these early days when there was very little uh, kind of communication between like the, the kids that ended up finding the game and the uh, actual creators in the development community. Uh, Herobrine is a uh, mysterious cryptid within the world of Minecraft. Mm. Uh, it is literally just a... Uh, skin of the main human character, Steve, um, <laughs> with the eyes whited out. And the creepypasta uh, was posted on a Minecraft forum, and it was the idea, is like, something was weird with the graphics. Everything was foggy. Yes. And I, there was a character, I could, I could actually talk to him, and he told me that he was watching me. And uh, that legend kind of built up and built up. Uh, kids started, like, becoming scared of him. Kids would claim that they saw him in their games. 
when the game got really popular on YouTube, streamers would fake footage where they ran into Hero Brian and then their game would glitch out. Yeah, yeah. And mysteriously, the stream archive would be deleted. The the Slender Man of Minecraft. There was like so many of those floating around. Then they ended they ended up putting Enderman in the game. That's the other thing ah. is uh, Notch was like there were so little layers of marketing and executives between Mojang and the gaming community that they would insert like reddit memes they would insert creepy pastas mm-hmm. they would like kind of it was an active conversation like notch was a member of this nerd community yeah and he made a game for them it just happened to be millions of fucking people playing it <laughs> because millions of fucking people are on the internet so let's take a little trip over to september 15th 2014 or really a little earlier in 2014 this story actually starts with uh, june 17th 2014 uh, yes. Is that the tweet? Is that the day of the I have it. Tweet? I have it lined up. So apparently the Minecraft users were uh, up in arms uh, that entire week leading up to this famous tweet about the company's decision to start enforcing its end user license agreement, which would bar players from cha- charging others for certain gameplay features such as stronger swords. Is that the gist of it? Are they are they you know, just being assholes and Notch was being a good guy here or is it a little more complicated? I am a fucking narc. Like I'm a hypocritical narc, so like if you made your game, like you get you get to decide how people make money off of it. Um, but right. yeah, and, you know these servers servers cost money, and so if you are running a Hunger Games server, 24 hours a day sucking up energy and like having to take time off of your job to maintain it, uh, you know you would introduce microtransactions and like uh, coins, like basically what is now accepted standard in games like Fortnite. And uh, mobile games, uh, you know, you'd be like, buy buy coins and uh, get better gear so you can survive more in these games. And uh, people were like, oh, that's pay to win. People started complaining about that. Uh, all these stories started popping up where, like, uh, kids would get a hold of their parents' credit card and spend thousands of dollars on these, like, shifty Minecraft servers because they wanted cooler gear. Mm. Um, which now just happens officially yeah. <laughs> through Epic Games. And so their solution was like, hey, like, shut it down. Like, guys, sh- guys stop. You got, you got to stop. And this caused a huge fan backlash because up until this point, Mojang was all about, like, feeding the fans and kind of empowering them. And if there's one thing nerds hate, it's not being empowered. <laughs> yes. And this is around the time when Notch really sort of, sort of takes a turn in his happy, lovely success story. He definitely, like, battles depression. He definitely, like, is, uh, you know, is a very sincere guy. Uh, he actually writes, on uh, June 17, 2014, mm. he writes, Anyone want to buy my share of Mojang so I can move on with my life? Getting hate for trying to do the right thing is not my gig. He also said in another... Hold uh, on, wait, I'm sorry, I didn't do it right. Oh. Anyone want to buy my share of Mojang so I can move <laughs> on with my life? Getting hit for trying to do the right thing is not my gig. It's Flurgy Bjergen. Count Dracula, why are you in the studio? I love a Lutefisk <laughs> bleh. <laughs> uh, he also said this, I've become a symbol. I don't want to be a symbol. Responsible for something huge that I don't understand, that I don't want to work on. Um, and also, as soon as this deal is finalized, I will leave Mojang and go back to doing Ludum dares and small web experiments. If I ever accidentally make something that seems to gain traction, I'll probably abandon it immediately. So immediately, Microsoft picks up the phone, calls Mojang, and is I mean, like Activision, is like tons EA, of everybody is just like mobilized. Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking get this 
but deal. They have a close. They have a closer connection with Microsoft because I believe at this point the Xbox exclusivity deal had gone through. Uh, weirdly enough, another exclusive deal was like uh, Minecraft for a while was only available on the Xperia Play uh, Sony phone. Weird. That was the one with like the dumb like uh, PlayStation controller yeah, that could yeah, slide yeah. out. Yes, yes, yes. It's um. I vaguely remember that, but oh, I I read somewhere too that it was kind of a tax thing too. Oh. There was some kind of like not maybe a loophole or whatever that made it just better to go with Microsoft. The um oh and I guess it's worth mentioning that by this point the game had kind of been split between the original Java version where most of the new features were debuted and then the uh, C++ version which is a more standard programming language used in almost everything you've ever touched. Yes. Um which was used in the Pocket edition and the console editions which is now known as the Bedrock edition. So on September 15th, 2014, Microsoft announced a $2.5 billion deal. 2.5 million? What a great deal. Billion. Fuck! (laughs) To buy Mojang, along with the ownership of the Minecraft intellectual property. So there you go. And again, just to show you how small town, it's just a tweet goes out, and then all of a sudden a billion dollar deal is made. I mean, how insane is that? And Notch re- was ready to move on. This put uh, this put person into the place of becoming one of Forbes's world's billionaires. He is he is now one of the f- uh, just the fucking ri- probably what maybe the richest game dev ever. Dev definitely. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, famously, uh, within a, a little over a month after <laughs> after the deal goes through. He buys a two. He buys a seventy million dollar mansion in Beverly Hills. Yes, he was, outbids Beyonce and Jay Z. He outbids Beyonce and Jay Z. It has a fifty six hundred dollar toilet in it. It's got in one of its fifteen bathrooms an eighteen foot onyx dining table, uh, a sixteen car garage, an infinity pool, a tequila and vodka bar, and also his own sweet shop. Because he's a child, room. he's a child at heart. Um, it ha- it is an eight bedroom, twenty three thousand square foot property in Beverly Hills. It's completely insane. It's super rich. It's or it's super fancy. He's having like crazy rich man parties all of a sudden and everything like that. He's divorced his wife at he this point. He does divorce that was his within wife. a year, right? They but they the- had a uh, prenup. Um, so she, you know she just got a very modest uh, maintenance uh, payment. Yeah, every four thousand dollars a month. Yeah, um, yeah, that is so. You that- can still follow her on uh, Twitter. I believe it's like at Easy Chili. She like makes jewelry, still programs, and uh, is an advocate for chronic fatigue syndrome. Aha, very good. Notch starts like tweeting out these kind of cryptic texts about being uh, isolated and being too rich and he, being. He goes on a tear in 2015. Is that 2015? Uh, this is this is uh, kind of a famous uh, kind of run. Uh, I have a few. Is this from his like time in Ibiza or whatever? He says, the problem with getting everything yep. is that you run out of reasons to keep trying and human interaction becomes impossible due to imbalance. He also says, the problem with... No, that's the same quote. I just I just pasted it twice. <laughs> Hanging out in Ibiza with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want, and I've never felt more isolated. And, you know, how do you feel in about Sweden, this In Sweden, I would sit around all day and wait for my friends with jobs and families to have time to do shit, watching my reflection in the monitor. When we sold the company, the biggest effort went into making sure the employees got taken care of, and they all hate me now. Mm. I found a great girl, but she's afraid of me and my lifestyle and went with a normal person instead. Hmm. 
I would musk and try and save the world. I leave for a second there. <laughs> uh, but that just exposes me to the same type of assholes who that made me sell Minecraft again. Yeah. People who made sudden success are telling me that this is normal and it will pass. That's good to know. I guess I'll take a shower. Uh, I really appreciate all the offers to hang and talk. As an introvert, new friends is hard to do even when I'm fine, but it means a lot. Yeah, he just hits. It's clear he's hit this bizarre point. I don't even know where he's at now. Twenty eighteen. You hear now, he's doing better now. He's had crazy. You know, you hear about crazy parties he had and and things like that, like celebrities and stuff coming out uh, to his mansion, jet setting around, and just sort of living up those days that he felt like he maybe didn't have missed out on when he was just programming his ass off. But maybe that work really brought a lot of um, joy to him, and it's hard to. It can be so hard to work though when you have literally everything you could possibly his need. His closest friends were his collaborators even before Mojang. Yeah and that's what stuff coming from a person who does this constantly it can be sometimes very unhealthy to always have your friends be your business partners and 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 have that always be mixed you know what I mean and for me business is is love in a lot of ways or creation with people is love in a lot of ways and but sometimes I, I realize like it's so important to have friends that you're that you're not just working with that you're just friends with you know because of a common interest or whatever it is um, because it can just get very difficult I think to maintain friendships and also to understand friendship out of work. You know, uh, that that doesn't involve work, you know. Are you still coming to my pie eating contest slash yes. orgy? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if there's a hole in any of those pies, kind of like that wall over there, Glortimer. What was his name? Is that it? <laughs> the name's Glortimer. <laughs> okay. And I... Fucking pies. What, what, what are you, Jason Biggs, you old fuck? <laughs> I am an old fuck. And I love being an old piece of shit. And I can't hear you. I'm too busy making a parody rap video about Logan Paul. Is it on SoundCloud? It's on SoundCloud, Vimeo, and <laughs> Instagram. Cool. I fucking hate that kid. I, you know what? He's going to be okay. Uh, but th- while this is all, all this nightmare shit's happening, in November 2016, uh, the Education Edition was released. Um, and it's coming to the iPad actually in the fall of this year. And it's a really cool thing designed specifically for cl- classroom use. Uh, up to 30 students can play in a world together with no separate server setup required. And the teacher can create an NPC to act as a guide for students using chalkboards to get more information, as well as using allow and deny blocks to specify where players can build. And really just having a cool kind of control over what they do and turning Minecraft into full on classroom lectures. And it's so smart because for the first time I think maybe I mean in a, uh, kind of ever has the thing kids do outside of school merged so heavily with the things kids do one of the school. more fun things I saw in the education I tried to see what the education edition was about and they have all these like new crafting tables where you can like break down some of the blocks into their elements you can see like oh uh, this uh, dirt sample has like nitrogen and iron and all this stuff in it. and you can like craft uh, materials just by altering the atomic structure it's it's on it like it, there are worse ways to learn chemistry uh, if you want to make your skin crawl look up Q&A's from Minecon uh, mm. that was launched in 2011 at the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas selling out at all 4,500 tickets which is pretty wild Minecon in 2017 was a live stream huh I wonder why 
Why don't you look up those uh, Q&A videos, uh, listeners, if you haven't already. It's a doozy. Um, Maybe a couple of the more, a couple of YouTubers were caught up in uh, underage sex scandals. Oh my God, really? Yeah. uh, YouTube has uh, altered their algorithm and like the landscape has kind of changed. Uh, so uh, Minecraft videos aren't as dominant, but they're still, uh, I feel like we're, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode from our uh, the topics we were discussing this week was that we're due, like, it has been nine years since Minecraft initially launched, and, like, these kids are going to college, these kids yeah. are, like, entering the working world, and the same way that, like, Pokemon is now just this indelible part of our lives. Like, I still know that, like, fighting beats psychic and, you know, all these, like, weird little different interactions. I know about the SSAN. I know about Team Magma. All this information is just in there. That information, the wealth of knowledge that you need to fully engage with the uh, with Minecraft, like those kids are out there and they're and they're growing up and it's never like. We're due for like some weird uh, kind of resurgence, I think. I was about to say, because what's funny is much like Pokemon, it's going to become lame and then cool again. Mm-hmm. So all of those kids now are playing Fortnite, right? Yeah. And and Minecraft is probably lame to them. And then it's going to become super cool again in like another five years to like be way into Minecraft. I mean, they're shit. making that movie. And I feel like yeah. if they held off on it for another five years, yeah. it would destroy. Whereas probably. if it came out now, it would be kind of like parents will be taking their kids to see it. Parents who love playing it growing up, wanting yeah. their kids to get into it. Also, you have that Telltale game, uh, Minecraft Story Mode that came out, consisting of five episodes with three additional DLC episodes. The, our uh, former guests, uh, Wooly and Matt, uh, yeah. have a playthrough of that game, and it is very funny because it's a Telltale game for children. Yeah, it is the there's like it basically plays itself. They they're just laughing their asses off as like they just don't touch any of the choices, <laughs> and the game just kind of keeps going just without keeps them. Happening. Yeah, yeah uh, you've got voices including Brian Posehn, Corey Feldman, Paul Rubens, uh, Patton Oswalt, the voice of Jesse Catherine Tabor, who did uh, voiced uh, on Clone Wars. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess uh, as we wrap things up, we'll talk about, uh, I know I, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Notch's, um, uh, homophobia. If people want to refer to it as done, that. Though. Okay. This is, I uh, do go kind of, when I learned more details about it, I was like it, the, the tweet he tweeted sucks. And he's, he's had a run he's of clearly tweets. fucked up. I don't think he's on the Palmer lucky Oculus level of being fucked up. But, like, he definitely fucked up with this tweet where he talks about a heterosexual pride day because that was uh, being promoted by social conservatives to push back against LGBT pride events. And he, he tweets this. If you're against the concept of a hashtag heterosexual pride day, you're a complete fucking cunt and deserve to be shot. Uh, he also went on <laughs> a tear. Which fucking bad. He also went on a tear where he's like, oh, I can't say, uh, like, white pride. It's okay to be white. <laughs> like, And, again, I, I know... Like we live in a in a very divided. He he came from a fucked up family. He like all, he's a self made man. He has more money than God and literally nothing but time to diddle around and yeah. think. Right, and like literally Dumbass tweets. Every single white guy with that situation is going to be like, well, as a like I know what the I figured it out. Right, exactly. Guys, shut it down. I figured out everything. He did since delete- you're dumb. I'm smart. <laughs> Guys, like it's it's just I 
it's just it's almost like math. Like you put this in and those opinions are going to come out. And he has since deleted that tweet and tweeted things like I confuse my pride in who I am with a pride of overcoming something I've never had to face, which is exactly what uh, gay pride uh, is all about. Um, if but I also but- he tweeted stuff like seriously, you morons don't see how segregation and punching upwards will accomplish nothing more uh, reinforcing the illusion. There is a divide and all this if, kind of dumb for shit, every so. programmer dude who thinks that like privilege is bullshit like we'd be here all day and there's just again you can have these opinions it's just like there's no fighting it like as soon as you look as soon as i looked at his life story i was like of course he thinks this stuff. it's so fascinating how dark the undercurrent of notch's life is in comparison to this bright vibrant beautiful but there's a darkness, children's game. But there's there a is darkness. a darkness at the there's core. There's so much darkness. You go into the, co- the caves. There's death and, and decay yeah. and poison and it's fucking true. dark magic. Yeah. Uh, now uh, he just kind of, if, if you look at his Twitter now, he's actually he actually is working on like little programming tricks and like entering uh, game jams, the same JavaScript competitions that he was like entering before Minecraft. Man, he still I'd be does. so pissed if I showed up to a game jam competition or whatever and was like, motherfucker, how uh, am I supposed to win notches here? Earlier this year, he was uh, tweeting out uh, these like very cryptic, but like oddly beautiful uh, voxel graphics tests where he cool. was like experimenting in OpenGL. Interesting. Uh, just let the man tinker. Yeah. He was, he was born from futzing around and he will die futzing around. And there you go. And I think that that is uh, essentially a, a, in a nutshell. The story of Minecraft. Minecraft, Cito, gotta get all the gold and diamonds. I'm gonna fight all the zombie spiders. Watch out for the nether and the pigmen. Glor- Minecraft, Cito. I love this song! Glordimer, do you have any final words before we wrap things up? Do you want to tell them about the Patreon or anything, Glordimer? Patreon is for beggars! All right. Please. You will die and I will conquer this world without you. Well, I- Me and my wall wife. <laughs> I'll beat your ass in PUBG. Anytime, old man. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, we do bonus content every single week. Wait, you're talking about like a new episode every whoa, single whoa, week? Whoa, whoa, A new episode every single week. It's happening on Patreon.com forward slash whizbrew just five dollars a month and there's other layers as well you can go check those out hey get your own episode if you want for uh 50 bucks if you'd like and also you can follow me on twitch twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho i'm getting really excited i'm going to be doing this um starfinder D campaign on Ooh. uh my friend carly's stream that's twitch.tv forward slash carlsbad that'll be on saturday afternoons um with some phenomenal performers and writers involved. So that's going to be a really good time as well. And also, Jake? Uh, I can't talk about it, but if you went to, say, dropoutdoesnotexist.com, maybe there you'd discover something. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter, at bestjakeyoung. And uh, as always, keep on whizzing. Never stop bruising. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.